2: welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. We're back. I'm Diane Knox and I'm joined by Steve Elkington. And this week, well, we are back to PGA Tour action with the Sanderson Farms Championship. But Elk, before that, I mean, I guess we have to dissect the Ryder Cup a little bit.
0: I watched you very closely last week, Diane. You weren't going to be told at the start of the week that it was going to be really tough for the Ryder Cup on European team. It was The media and everyone was selling us on the European team. They had all this this great experience and yes, they did. But Diane, you must be a little bit disappointed. Your team didn't quite get it going early in the week and then they got absolutely run over by all those young players on the US squad. And I have to ask you before you answer that question, now what's going to happen because that US team is probably the worst it's going to be for the next four or five years with all the youth, what is how is Europe going to counter all this?
2: It really, um, I mean, we just got off to a terrible start at the Ryder Cup. And it, they always talk about the fact that the European team have this camaraderie and this amazing, like, internal motivation. They get each other fired up. They work so well together as one unit. But regardless of all that the US team and their talent and I think their grit their determination energy they just wanted to stamp on our throats and kill us from the first tea time on Friday and you know the European guys just didn't really step up to the plate we had Rory who for the first time ever sat out the morning session on Saturday cool he got a point in his singles on Sunday but someone like Rory who's the real leader of the team it was just too little, too late. Same with Ian Poulter. John Ram was our shining light by a mile, and we saw some great enthusiasm from Shane Lowry with you know huge putts on Saturday. But we just um, we just didn't come out firing on all cylinders. You have names like Tommy Fleetwood who has such a great reputation in the Ryder Cup. You know what did he do? Um, Westwood, Fitzpatrick. You, these guys just didn't really they didn't have it going from friday onwards and you're right this us team they just out talented us they were a force to be reckoned with from as i said that first tee shot on the friday and that team is going to be the one that's going to see usa to a number of rider cups going forward so i think for europe you look at guys in that older experienced bracket westwood poulter they probably won't play in 2023 sergio I'm sure will, I think he's still got uh, another Ryder Cup in him, but there's a huge bracket of guys now from Europe who are going to have to really step up over the next two years to earn their place in the team and to add something new to the team. It's, um, it, it doesn't look so optimistic for Europe going forward as it did heading into the week at Whistling Straits.
0: Yes, I mean, Europe needs to find a couple of young Italians, a couple of young Seve Ballesteros to get ready in the next two years for when they go to Italy, Diane. But it became apparent as the week went along, as we started to look at the matchups, that it wasn't going to work out for Europe. You could just tell that Morikawa, uh, Schauffele, you know, Scotty Scheffler, who took down the number one on, on the Sunday... Uh, all these rookies, they're not really rookies on the American team. They're such good players, the Open champion, the gold medalist, all these guys that are so experienced for youth. And then, of course, you've got behind there, you've got Dustin Johnson, the oldest guy on the team, winning five points. I mean, he'll still be there in a couple of years. So hats off to Steve Stricker. There was a lot of uh, congestion in the talking points before the event started with the two devils with Bryson and Brooks, and that all worked out, became a non-factor. Steve Stricker took care of all of his business behind the scenes and very quietly was just placing these perfect teams out all week long. And it just it just worked out so well for them.
2: And we had talked at the beginning of the week who the the leader of the U.S. team was going to be. And we had said, you know, you, you don't really associate Dustin Johnson, even though he was the eldest on the team, as that kind of guy that was going to get them motivated and fired up. But as we as you just said there he put five points on the board he was a comedy gold in the press conference afterwards after a few little drinks I'm sure but when you have <laughs> someone like DJ who's the eldest of the team who is a master's champion you know every other accolade that we associate Dustin Johnson with to put the five points on the board and He really was that that figurehead of the team. Um, Scotty Scheffler, just standout performance. Debut Ryder Cup, and he was amazing. So, Morikawa, you've named them all. Patrick Cantley, who, coming into the Ryder Cup, was the hottest guy in the world when it came to form, so... They were just they were just too good. And being there as part of the European team, um, working for the European Tour, of course, my heart was heavy on Sunday and we all felt that. But you also feel so privileged to be able to witness a U.S. team achieve what they achieved because it was remarkable to watch. Yeah.
0: And of course, everything you said was true. And then but it, it all came down to when you actually hitting the golf shots on the course, even we haven't even mentioned Tony Fina, how it was a very uh, energetic spark. And I think match two where he got a win in, in the four ball matches in the afternoon, which was great for him, but they were just hitting better shots. I was, I was watching the 17th hole. As you know, I played well there in the PGA, when I was 48 years old, and of course the 17th hole, you probably were there. You saw it. It's 225 yard long par three. We saw Jordan Spieth down on the side of it and hit the most incredible highlight shot for Ryder Cup history. We got that one in the books. But I was just watching these guys, Diane, hit these four irons and three irons into this green, 225 yards, with no problem, knocking it way back there near the flag. And I, I just know myself how intimidating that shot was. But the American team. Had no problem just firing it back in there. And these are young guys, you know, Morkawa, X-Men. All these guys are just playing almost perfect golf under pressure. And it was, it was, it was awesome.
2: Being on the course, my favorite spot to watch was 11 and 12. That 12th hole, the par three, is standing. We, I know, mean, lucky enough, we had inside the ropes, so we could follow the team and see it from their viewpoint. Standing behind them when they were hitting their tee shots on 12. That is just the best viewpoint you can have on that course to watch. And Eleven was so cool because the bunkers at the Greens, you know, the bunkers were a story throughout the whole week, but they were really tripping them up. But what an incredible venue. That course, you had said to me, you know, you're in the flatlands and then all of a sudden you're met with this course that's so undulated, all these little dunes. And it was um you felt like you were in paradise golf land that you just fallen from the sky and you were like, where on earth have I ended up by um, Whistling Straits was a, an incredible Ryder cup venue.
0: Yeah. And they've changed it, right. Uh, the PGA of America, they even came on and said, we want th- We want this half rock concert, half golf event. And they're embracing all this loudness and all this fun. And, you know, I thought, you know, I, I was enjoying it, of course. And I was, Half of me traditionalist, half of me going down this new track, rock concert thing. What was it actually like when they were doing the chants and the chugging the beers and all this stuff up there?
2: It's it's unlike anything I've ever experienced before. We went to the first tee on Friday. We got there at like 5.30. The gates opened at six and that stand just filled up in minutes. It was like the zombie apocalypse when you see all these people running over the dunes trying to get into the stand. But I think the thing that I noticed from watching France... Um, in 2018 to what we had this year is you know there was hardly any european fans they were completely unnaturally outnumbered because there was still so many travel restrictions for europeans to get into the u.s but the u.s fans are chanters the european fans are singers so you would have a lot more songs i think at le golf national in than we saw I think um, USA and the small yeah. little group of European fans that were there they were coming up with songs about the players so it was a little bit different in that sense and the atmosphere was not flat by any means but um, I think that the it's definitely going to be better when we have a more even split of USA and European fans it was very noticeable
0: of course and I have no doubt that well the Europeans have always been great at doing songs. They do it with their soccer over there, so they used to be very creative. They're great fans. They're very passionate and they're very loyal to their players. They will turn on them, however, if you get if you if you get a couple of points going the wrong way. But I have no doubt, Diane, that the crowds will be the biggest and the most loudest in Italy. But Europe, I'm going to finish with this: Europe needs some new players. You've already said in the show we're going to lose, or you're going to Europe's going to lose four or five of the older players. Poulter, uh, you know, uh, who else we got there?
2: Hey, West Westwood.
0: Westwood. Yeah, maybe Garcia. Uh, and so we need some young guys. Italians would be good. Need some fiery Spaniards in there. So they need players.
2: And the other thing is you look at, I mentioned Fleetwood and there was nothing from him. Like he just looked flat the whole week. Um, even Terrell Hatton, who's someone who does get so fired up and um, we didn't really see that from him. And he talked about it. He played with Lowry on Saturday and he, he did not have his best stuff with him for this Ryder Cup. Made a good pat on Friday to um, win the point, but it was it was tough. Like there just wasn't a lot of, fire from guys who, from Ram there was but he kind of held the team so they're going to need to that
0: talent on the US squad that played well this week it was just you go down the list I mean we've even left a couple off we haven't talked about already that they were just you know, we didn't talk about Spieth. We didn't talk about JT. JT is the fiery one on the. He he, he he's the one that wants to get into a fight with somebody, which is great. I, you know, I think there's a place for a, a player on that team. Poulter played that role brilliantly for most of his career, where they kind of hated Poulter, and now you know, now he's much older. He, he can't play that role. They didn't have that player on the European tour this on the on the European team this year. Of course, Rahm was just so solid. You just knew every putt he was just going to make it, or he's going to you know. And he he did that all week, but uh, it was just too much, Diane.
2: Because Sunday, Scheffler was all over him from the word go. What was he, like four up through five? I mean, Ram had no chance on Sunday to come back from that because Scotty Scheffler was just playing so well for a rookie. Um, You know, and we obviously see the talent from him week after week on the PGA Tour. But yeah, they were just, they were out talented. That's all it really came down to. So it was fun though. Great week as always.
0: And great reporting! I, I loved listening to you. That was great.
2: Thank you. And uh, just before we get into the show this week, you were at Mark Leishman's Birdies and Beers charity event to kick off this week. What was it like?
0: We had a great time, Diane. We had a top golf show on the Sunday night with all the you know all the pros were there and all the all the pro am teams hitting balls, having some dinner. Uh, we had some musicians that were playing some songs for us. It was great. We had a great night, and then of course. Uh, Who's making awareness to septus for, for women? And a lot, of, we've, we met a lot of the people that have had a lot of problems with septus. And it's a very interesting charity. Of course, it almost took uh, her life uh, years ago when she had a baby. And it was great. We had a great, great match. I think Leisha's going on a little holiday. We're going to see him play three weeks in a row later on. Uh, Brendan Todd was there. Cam Smith was there with his, uh, with his hairdo. his <laughs> man. I told him that you were, you know, that you see him come through Jack's, Jack's Beach with his four, 400 horsepowers on the back of his boat when he drives into the marina. He goes, I'd put five on there, but they want, they can't fit. But
2: <laughs> That is so funny. Anyway,
0: Amanda Balionis was there. We talked about your performance at the Ryder Cup. She was very impressed. So we had a good time.
2: Good, good. Well, and it's the Begin Again Foundation if you want to find out more and get involved with supporting so this week on the pga tour it is the sanderson farms championship at the country club of jackson sergio garcia elk he won it last year it was a big victory for him because we hadn't seen a win from him on the pga tour for a long time and um, sergio had a great season after that of course just coming back from the Ryder cup at whistling straits but um, what do you make of this course i know that last year it really threw up some interesting stats
0: yeah, this course, Diane, you know, Sergio Garcia is known as a you know a tremendous ball striker, not a great putter. Last year, his stats said that he was number one in, in greens and reg on this golf course, the Country Club of Jackson. Very tricky little golf course. As the fall comes in, you know, in the southern part of the country, Diane, and the cooler temperatures come, the grass gets a little weaker in the rough. So the ball sits down. Of course, it'll be... Um, like I said, tricky water, undulating little golf course. You're going to have to hit the ball in the fairway. If you don't, I'm, I've sort of built two models this week, Diane. I'm calling it the Sergio Garcia model, which is if you're hitting the ball terrifically, you don't have to putt lights out. Or Sergio was number one in greens reg and twelfth in putting and won the tournament. And then on the other hand, the other model I'm looking at, Diane, is Peter Malnati, who was absolutely dead last in greens in reg after the cut. Finished 71st in greens and reg, almost won the tournament, but he putted lights out. He's one of the best putters on the tour and he finished second that week in putting. So if you are all over the place, you better be one of the best players to compete. If you're striking the ball well, then you don't have to putt as good. Now, that may be a big brush, but as we deliver the top 10, you're going to understand why we picked who we did and we'll give you this give you their strengths
2: this is a little bit of a sidestep but I had a very interesting conversation with my brother Russell Knox not long ago and um, we were just talking about golf in general and he had said you know that old saying of drive for show putt for dough he's like it's not true I mean if you can be there's so much emphasis on long hitters right now on the PGA Tour but at the end of the day if your greens and reg number is good and your proximity and you can hit the ball from wherever, you know, if you're a little bit further back with a longer iron for whatever club is going to get you closest to the hole and then you can putt, like, that's what's going to do it for you. So it's interesting this week that the course is throwing up that kind of, you know, we, we want good greens and reg, um, we want good proximity, but scrambling and putting is equally important too.
0: There's so many mind games on the tour with tour players. I was just with a bunch of them yesterday And there's two big mind games. One you just mentioned about your brother there, which was interesting to hear from you. Um, We've seen Bryson, we've seen these guys hit the ball so far and they're they're throwing out stats like, well, if I hit it 50 yards further down the fairway, I'll I'll only be hitting a wedge and stats tell me that I can get it on the green easier and I'll have more putts at birdies and blah, 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 blah. But if you can't hit it 50 yards further and you're going to work on all that time to change your swing to do it, your brother went through this and it almost ruined him Took him ages to get back, almost a year. He got through, kept his card by the skin of his teeth two years ago because he went down that road. And, he, and I, and you, and everyone else around him told him that if you hit all these greens in reg, you still can be the man on the tour. Now, the other mind game is, here we are talking about golf again. We just finished all the big events are over now. Yes, we started the tour two weeks ago in Napa, but didn't feel like the start of the tour because there was the Ryder Cup coming up, and now all the good players have gone home now, and now here we are talking about this tournament as the start, basically, of the new year. It's very difficult for players to lay off talk to these guys. They're so exhausted. Every week, they got to get back out there and play again. They're afraid to be behind in the points. They're afraid to sit at home for a month because when they come back, they'll be 200th on the FedEx Cup and they'll have the core on their way back. And my counter argument to them, Diane, was well, it was always that way on tour. I said, don't forget, if Justin Thomas starts his tournament, it starts his year next March, he's still going to be at the top of the leaderboard, but all the best players find their way to the top of the the money list by the end of the year and they go, yes, of course, you're right, but it's so tempting and I'm tired and I want to be home and I want to be. So I'm not giving you a story that's um, uh, anything new or I want you to uh, cry a river for these guys, but it's, it's an exhausting thinking point on the tour where there's always a week and there's not a chance to step away for a month.
2: Yeah, and I look at um, Russell as a pure example and someone like Patton Kazire, who we know well. And these guys play a really jam-packed fall season for two reasons. I mean, they feel like the courses suit them. Uh, Russell, Patton, there's a lot of other guys, but obviously they've had a lot of success on the courses that are part of this fall swing and they don't want to get far behind. So they use this time really to to make a headway on these FedEx Cup standings so that when the big guns start playing, um, they've got a few events coming up to end the year, but then when it gets to Hawaii, they kind of hit the ground running. So there's a lot, there's always good storylines.
0: It's sort of an admission to a certain degree that when all the top players come back, yes, they're playing for $8 million, but we tour players think, well, when all the good players are there, about three million have gone off the board because they're all going to they're going to win what they almost always win every week, whether it's Bryson or JT or Spieth and all these guys. They gobble up a lot of the money. Yes, there's a chance to beat them, of course, but it's true. It's just a very it's a mental hijinks on these guys, and they've got to be up if they're going to come to this event. And that plays into our picks. We want to know why they're there. Sergio Garcia will be. In our top ten this week, because he's a defending champion, of course he knows this course. What will he have in the tank this week?
2: And then we have, there's another guy we're going to talk about who is a rookie on the PGA Tour, just started with the event in Napa, finished third, and has already made just shy of half a million dollars. So,
0: and we know where his energy level will be. So it's very you have to weigh all of this when you handicap who has energy for this event, who doesn't. What are we doing here, and where are we going?
2: Well, we are going to our top 10. And our number one guy this week is, uh, I mean, there's there's two names that are kind of being banded about as the favorite. This guy is 14 to one. Sam Burns is our top pick this week. And uh, I should say very quickly, the stats that we're looking at are total driving, greens and regs, scrambling, putting average, and that approach from 125 to 150. So looking at current form as well, Burns is starting at third.
0: Well, Burns is probably the best player in the field. He's one of the most up-and-coming. We'll be, he'll be a guy that will be on the Ryder Cup in two years probably. He, he, is, he is just rocketing up. And we talked about two models this week. We talked about the Sergio Garcia model. We all, we all know what that is. Hit it great. Don't have to putt that great. And we got the Peter Malnati model. This guy does both. He's yes. one of the best strikers on the, on, the, on the tour. And what is he? Top five in putting?
2: Top fifth in putting. So,
0: so there you go. That's, that's all you got to know about Sam Burns.
2: Yeah, and we know how good he is off the tee. So Burns coming in at number one, at 14 to one. So no real surprise there. Our guy at number two is 20 to one. So again, you know, one of the elite ball strikers on the tour and can get really hot with that putter. He's 13th in greens and reg. Corey Connors sits at number two in our re-ranking.
0: Corey Connors, again, we're going to talk about these two models this week. But this is a... This is a guy that we saw play really well in the majors this year. There were some guys like Jason Kokrak who won two tournaments that was overlooked for the Ryder Cup, didn't have a great major record this year. He won two tournaments, yes, but he didn't play good in any of the majors. Corey Connors played good in every major that I can think of. He was right there in all of them. Why is it so straight? And of course, this week will serve him well. He's a good putter, but he doesn't have to put lights out. He doesn't have to make every putt when you hit it this straight.
2: All right. Our top five guys are small odds this week, but again, there's no surprise. And our guy at number three is 16 to one. Sung J he's been playing great. When we look at current form, he's coming in at second. But we know what Sung Jae can do. I mean, he's a bit of an all-rounder.
0: Yeah, and and... You know, we, we are stuck here on the Sergio model with some J.M. on the third one, but he's one of the great straight hitters. He's got that beautiful pause at the top of his swing. Hits the ball very solid. He, it, we don't have to tell you how good he is. All the other tour players say, oh, I go out and watch some J.M. for two reasons. I want to see how straight he hits it and I want to see how that rhythm works in his swing. Yes, he putts good. Uh, but this course, and there's a reason that he's there, there's a reason that he's energised about being in Jackson this week. He feels like he's got a chance, so that's why he's down there. Mm -hmm.
2: We have Sergio at four, and uh, we've already talked about the Sergio model from winning last year, and his stats tell that story too. I mean, he's 11th greens in regulation right now, fifth in total driving, putting average 131st. I mean, it's always the red number for Sergio. Is he going to have anything left to give this week after being drained at
0: the Ryder Cup. Well, I will I will say this about Sergio. There's some players miss when they go back to defend. And it's it's really important that the defending champion comes back and plays. And I, I can't imagine how tired Sergio Garcia is from last week because he just got, you know, he was in some of the biggest matches with John Rahm. He became the number one point getter for Europe in the history of the event. He may not play another Ryder Cup. May, but now he's he's etched in Ryder Cup lore. Um, you know, very classy for him to come down, back down to Jackson to play this event. No, I don't think he's going to have anything in the tank, but he's so good, I can't leave him out of the top 10. Sorry, sorry, not sorry.
2: And also when you play in a Ryder Cup, you've got to have that, like, I just competed in the Ryder Cup. There has to be, like, a real confidence from that alone. So defending champion, just coming back from whistling straights.
0: I remember Diane one year I don't know what year it was but the the Europeans won the Ryder Cup and and this this week in Europe is the Dunhill Links at St Andrews and I was at the Dunhill Links and watched the Europeans win the Ryder Cup on a Sunday the next night Monday in St. Andrews, they had a Ryder Cup party at the Jigger Inn on the 17th hole at St. Andrews, and I'm telling you, I'm not lying, there was 5,000 people outside waiting for the players to come in to just watch them have a drink on the most famous golf course in the world at St. Andrews, and it was the biggest, best thing ever, and it was just amazing. So they don't have that this year, and they'll be a little deflated, but nonetheless. Yeah.
2: OK, well, our guy at number five is 16 to one. Again, one of the clear favorites this week. And he's now a fully fledged member of the PGA Tour and receives FedEx cut points. So Will Zalatoris, again, we saw just how great this guy can be last year. So we have him in at number five. That that win is coming for him.
0: Yeah, and we were one, we were one of the first on this show to tell you about Will Zalatoris and what his name was and watch out for this guy way back after right when he finished, I think top five at the U S open that Brooks kept, uh, sorry, that, that Bryson Dijon bow won at wing foot. Wills Alatoris, another, just another guy that's a Ryder cup. He has a few little wobbly things going on on the green. That's sending up a few red flags, but he's young. It's a great. This course will suit him. He's very long, very strong. Um, Will's Alatorus is still going up
2: mm-hmm. and a strong greens and regs stat as well well we are working our way through our top 10 for the Sanderson Farms championship this week and we are on to our re-ranked number six now, this is a guy, we mentioned him at the start of the show. He, he typically has a very good fall season. I mean, he won the Coba a couple of years ago, which falls in this part. These courses seem to suit him. And Patton Kazayer is 66 to 1 this week. Elk, the thing we love about Patton, well, the putting. We're going to go into that. But when you look at his, um, you know, his his four rounds for tournaments that he's played really for the whole of the last year he plays so well on a Saturday I mean moving day for Patton kazire is the day right now so for him it's a case of like getting to the weekend and then we know that we're going to see great things from him
0: yeah you're right about Saturday I think it was Sunday last year also Diane I think he had four or five 63's I, I bet you I didn't look it up this morning but I'll bet you he led Sunday scoring average on the PGA Tour Patton kazire is the other model, Diane. We've now jumped the top five with, that I chose with you this week. We're all about the strikers like Sergio is number two on the whole PGA Tour in putting. He knows how to win. He's going to miss fairways, but he has the magic putter so he can chop it up near the green and get up and down and play like Nardi did. And if he gets hot off the tee then that is why he's sitting right there in the top 10. He is absolutely worth a roll of the dice because he putts so good. He's from the South. The barbecue smell will be in his nostrils. Auburn will be playing football just down the road. He is a big Southern guy.
2: Okay, Okay, well, 66 to one. Our guy at number seven is our highest odds in the top 10 by a mile. (laughs) It's always one of those things that I'm like, what do we say about Russell Knox, 175 to 1. But the green, this is the Sergio model again, because his greens and reg is so good. He's eighth on the PGA Tour right now. So um, for him, it's, we just need to get that putter hot and great things can happen.
0: Yeah, and if I take my car full of gas and I had one third full, two thirds full, all the way full, Russell Knox... Ticks a couple of boxes for me, but one's really important. He's got greens and reg. He's got putting, but he's got the attitude right now. He knows this is a good time of the year for him. He's committed to the fall. He's working on his game. Not everybody has the same energy. We're going to talk about another player coming up that's a new player that has tons of energy. We know Sergio Garcia has none. Russell Knox is on a golf course, it's perfect for him. He's just showed me enough, and I've heard from you about what he's thinking. That he is motivated, Diane, and this is this is where I'm watching out for guys like Russell.
2: Yeah, uh, he's he is frustrated too. He was saying to me, everything seems to be every part of my game is good. Like we can't identify where the problem has been. It's just I'm not scoring good enough. So he's got it. He knows how close he is to something happening. So. Let's get it going nice and early in the season. So he's our number seven. Coming in at number eight is a guy as well. Um, he's got great ball striking stats and he's third on the whole tour for greens in regulation. We saw some huge bright sparks from Emiliano Grillo last season. It, again, as cliche as it sounds, it's putting the four good rounds together.
0: Is he Italian? Is he, Could he be on the right? No, nah, I know he's not. I was just joking. Kind of got that that sound to it. But yeah, there's a lot of young players. And and now of course, Diane, with the, the 25 graduates that have come on the corn ferry, all these other guys like Emilio Guerrillo are hearing little footsteps of all the new young players coming along. So they've got to get along now. And they, they've had a year under their belt or two to get themselves on the tour. But he, this kid saw him play at the colonial club this year, very impressed, very natural swinger, you know, Again, you know, I'm stuck in these two models and he fits the boxes for me this week, Diane. Mm,
2: Yep, and he is 66 to one. At number nine, a guy that you spent time with at the start of the week for Leishman's charity event. And Brendan Todd is 80 to one. Now we love it when we get a little bit of insight from you about things that these guys are maybe working on. He's a good putter. I mean, he's 30th on the tour right now for putting average and good scrambling stats as well. So what did you see in Brendan Todd this week?
0: And he's the straightest driver on the tour down there. And Bradley Hughes has been doing some work with him. He's very energized right now. Uh, And they're working on a couple of things with his swing, a couple of things with his putting. he's already considered by all the other guys, because we were putting on the putting green yesterday, And all these guys were coming over and going, what are you guys talking about? This guy's the greatest putter in the world right here. So uh, I'm looking at attitude, Diane. Bradley Hughes, our friend, Secret Golf contributor, Aussie mate of mine is going down to spend three days with him. Uh, So they'll be very well prepared for this event. He put in a lot into this event. Comes from Georgia, just down the road. So this is very familiar turf to him. Yes, I'm looking for a big week right here.
2: Okay. and then completing our top 10 is um, a guy that when you look at a course like the country club of jackson his name kind of goes hand in hand with this style of courses 40 to 1 for kevin streelman and looking at his numbers across the board i mean all pretty good really good actually 23rd greens in regulation 25th for total driving so kevin streelman never won to overlook in an event like this
0: Yeah, and he played really good in the majors this year and a good friend of ours caddies for him, uh, so we get a lot of inside info. But when I think about a guy that lives out in Phoenix with small kids and he's going to get in the plane this time of year who had a massive year last year and come east to play in this fall event on this small golf course, he's got the skills to do it, tells me that he's energized to do it because, look – Vegas is next week. he can drive to Vegas from. His, he could have a week off easy this week. He's got tons of reasons not to be here, except one that I'm got a hunch, Diane, that he's playing very well.
2: Okay, so three names really to watch out for this week at the Sanderson Farms Championship. And Elk, we're starting with a guy who is a rookie on the PGA Tour, but already in one event, he finished third in Napa and won just shy of half a million dollars. So welcome to the PGA Tour, Mito Pereira.
0: Yes, and I don't even have to have his stats, which I actually don't have them. We don't have anything on Miko. However, what stats I do have, Diane, is all the tour players that I talked to yesterday told me, here comes another guy. Here's another guy we got to watch out for. So, as you just noted, $400 and and so-and-so, $1,000 in his first start on the PGA Tour, graduated off the Corn Ferry. Uh, Could you imagine how much energy this kid has for the tour right now? I mean, he is going to have a bounce in his step. And he is ready to go.
2: Well, I, I'm looking at his stats from uh, the week in Napa, the fortunate, and uh, the, you, you, okay, right, you can't base a lot on one week of stats but the general theme is it's that greens in regulation, so it's going to be the Sergio model for him I mean, he was third for greens in reg uh, fourth in going for the green stroke gain, I know that we take that with a bit of pinch of salt, but approach the green, he was fifth, so that those are really the stats that shine for him from his first week on the PGA Tour. As I said it's you know, it's just painting a little bit of a picture but this is the guy when you look at the graduates from the Corn Ferry moving up this is the one that has got everyone excited kind of like Will Zalatoris the previous year.
0: I was talking to Joel Damon yesterday about his good friend Max Honma who won at Napa, Napa as, as you said there and when I think about this young man who hit fourth in greens and reg, he, Joel was telling me it's hard to beat a guy like Max Honma in California because it's so firm. My friend Pat Perez, who missed the cut, said, oh, I can't play this course. It's too bouncy for me. I can't stop the ball. I can't make it do anything I want to. Max Honma is an expert at keeping the ball below the hole. He grew up on public golf courses in uh, Los Angeles where there's not a lot of water, so the ground's like rock hard. For this kid to come on the tour, fear it all out, and finish fourth in greens and reg tells me all I need to know because I got guys that have been out 20 years that can't hit the greens and they hadn't figured it out for this kid to come out and finish fourth in greens ragged Napa. Tells me enough, Diane, and all the spies that I have on tour are watching these young guys coming through to say for this young man,
2: yeah he played in seven events on the tour last year and had two top 10 finishes so he has been on everyone's radar for a long time so
0: give us us his last name one more time we'll get the spelling right so we can get everybody remember this name
2: no Mito Pereira I think that's how you say it again we're gonna have to everyone has to learn to watch out for this guy because at 33 to 1 we're definitely not the only ones that are on him this week so he is our first one to watch next up we have a guy at 250 to one and again you know looking at we this guy's a beast off the tee hits it a mile his greens and reg is his best at he's fourth on the pga tour matthew neesmith at 250 to one elk you always get a little bit of insight on him because you know some guys that play with him regularly so um not a lot of form heading into this week but it's the start of the season so guys have a renewed energy anyway
0: yeah, this kid, Matthew Nesbitt, is from the South. Uh, this will be very familiar. He is a sort of a big old country kid that likes football and guns and drinking beer and playing good golf. And he's an expert at hitting the ball. A lot of tour players come up and watch him hit the ball. He gets a little too excited. And I've talked to his friend, who's my friend, about getting him calmed down. We had lunch with Matthew at the Colonial. And he's just so hyped up and excited about being on the tour. He'll change his driver for no reason or this, that, and the other. But... I just got a hunch, Diane, that this is the type of player that needs to start to do something. He saw all of his American buddies doing good, that Harris English from Sea Island, who he plays with every day down there. Harris loves this kid's game and vice versa, of course. But I just... This is feeling time of the year for me, Diane. I don't really have anything other than what I know from what I hear.
2: Okay. Well, at 250 to one, even making the cup, there's gonna be some good value for Matthew Neesmith. And then our third one to watch this week at the country club of Jackson is, he's a secret golf contributor. And we have been huge fans of this guy since the very start. His PGA tour career has been a little bit of a roller coaster. He had to do the corn ferry tour finals at the, just at the end of last season, I guess, to retain his PGA Tour card, to regain his PGA Tour card, in fact. And he ended up finishing really good there with a second place. So Bronson Burgoon is back on the PGA Tour. He played in Napa and finished 16th. And he was in the mix early on, for sure, at the top of that leaderboard. He's 100-1 to this week. So everything seems to be heading in the right direction for Bronson.
0: Yeah, just a couple of months ago, Diane, he was going to be off tour, gone. And as you noted, second in the Corn Ferry event. And then I think he finished really good at Napa. So if you're a Bronson Bagoon guy, like we are, it makes you pull your hair out as a fan of his because he's either way down here or he's way up here. And there's no in-between. But I'm going to tell you one thing. When he's going up, he stays up for a while. And I'm riding this horse because of second and feeling confident about what he's just done, got himself back on tour, he can relax, take a breath of fresh air for a minute, and let's get after it down in Jackson.
2: The thing about Bronson is uh, relaxing, but that means he's gonna play golf from tee to fairway to green, and he he almost just needs to play simple golf at this time of year, keep it in play, and hopefully things work out good for him, because he's such a nice guy, we love him so much, and this is a really bright start to the season.
0: He's a very rubbery swinger. He's, he's very flexible, and he is like cracking a whip to watch him play. And when he gets on, it's awesome. And he gets a little loose off the tee occasionally, but he, he has that form with him right now that I'm interested in. That's all I'm looking at here. I'm looking at what is their attitude? Why are they here? What are they doing? He's got next year in the bag. Let's ride out this little bit of good form. Let's get some Christmas bonus money right here. That's the way some of us think, Diane. We were talking about some of the other players uh, this week where they're going to be playing in that special event in Japan uh, where there's free money, the tour players call it, no cut. and They're all calling it Christmas money. So this is Bronson McGoon's Christmas money week right here.
2: Right. So the second event of the brand new season on the PGA Tour. and It's always good. It's always fun to see these guys who have just graduated onto the PGA Tour really establish themselves and, and make some moves. And then we talked about the guys that are really using this fall season to get a head start before the actual 2022 year rolls around. Right, Elk, thank you very much. Uh, We will enjoy watching the Sanderson Farms Championship this week. And then am I right in saying next week we're off to Vegas?
0: We are right off to Vegas next week where you called your the winner, uh, Martin Laird. What a tip that was. So... No, I think we got a, good, a, good, cro- a cr- good crew, good picks this week, Diane. We've got the course nailed. We know what's going to happen as far as off the tee or scramble, and it's going to be one or the other. Let's see what we did.
2: Excellent. Right. Well, thank you for watching, and we will be back next week. Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.